Hey, murder lovers, my name's Mackenzie. This is Fatina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. All right, guys, so again, sorry, my voice is all kinds of weird. Um, right now, we, uh, <laughs> Karen and I were on our way to a party last night or hang out, and we were like, belting out Mariah Carey. I was like doing my best Mariah Carey. Oh. So like my throat's a little Felt feeling it. it. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm just going to jump right into it just because we don't like dilly dallying, right? So today I am giving you the case of the Slender Man stabbing. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's a little haunted, creepy. A little, but you know, inspired by. Yeah, that's what. Okay, so what I what I started on started doing research for this. I started right off the bat. I was like, cool. I'm gonna ease myself in. I am going to watch the HBO documentary. I think it's called Discovering the Slender Man. And it left me with a lot more questions than anything because yeah. it does talk about the stabbing itself, and it talks about you know the parents and the the kids' upbringing and whatnot. But it did not really talk about, although the name implies that they would, the discovery of Slenderman of like more history of it. Oh, it does I feel give like you that's very important. Yeah, and I think um, they did it in a way where it's like these girls discovering slender man instead of like the whole history behind the fictional character mm-hmm. it left me with a lot of questions so what i did um is and then i started listening to other podcasts and i started listening to like youtube videos and if you start googling it it's this case it's commonly called the slender man stabbings that's the that's the name that they've given it like there's the i5 killer etc yeah. there's a name to the case but a lot of the podcasts and a lot of, which there wasn't many, I think there was like Morbid and like True Crime Obsessed that did a couple that covered this case. I feel like Morbid case. did this one recently Kind of. I like, think they did in, in last February. Year. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, don't ever do that to me again. <laughs> February. They did it the month after January. <laughs> um, Some arms are silent. There's not many podcasts out there that are covering it, which is fine, but there's also not a lot of history into Slenderman, which is also what intrigues me, because I'm like, okay, what is it about this fictional character? So, to start off, this is a case, the Slenderman stabbings that we are going to be covering happened on May 31st of 2014 in Waukesha, Wisconsin, which, Wisconsin? You, you, you guys are a little... We've got some explaining to do. Listen, Oregon does too, okay? okay. None of us are, none of us are gu- uh, not guilty here. It's something about, like... Like, it's the beer. Oh, beer and cheese. Like, you guys yeah. are just, no. Wisconsin gets the um, with beer. <laughs> what makes this case really special, and I was thinking about this while you were telling me your last case, was that these are young children. Mm-hmm. These are, this is a case that involves three 12-year-olds. So they're all really young when this happens. So the kids involved in this are Anissa Weir, Morgan Geyser, and Peyton Leitner. And Peyton is, I don't want to say the third wheel, but she's a third wheel kind of thing to this girlfriend you know, situation. I always think it's crazy when they're like, they're just 12 or they're just 14. And we're like, they're literal babies or whatever. But we all knew 
a disturbed sixth grader. And we all knew a disturbed eighth grader. Yeah. And, you know, like, I know kids. That I can think of kids off the top of my head. I could name them off right now that I'd be like, yeah, they could totally do something like that at that age. But then to actually see them or to, like, see a case like this happen, you're like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. it's an actual 12-year-old doing something crazy like this. So... I'm gonna start with the I'm gonna start with the story of Slenderman or just like what okay. the information that I found about him. So Slenderman was the product of an online forum called Something Awful. They put out a contest for mm-hmm. someone to submit digital photos or images of what could become or would have potential to become a new modern urban legend. So this guy called Eric Knudsen submitted two pictures, one of kids um, playing around like in a playground, and you can see a tall man-type figure in the background that was taller than normal, and that was just one picture, black and white, and then there's this other picture where kids kind of look frightened, or they're like, they're all running away from the same uh, the same direction, same thing with a tall, slender-type tall men in the background and from there it picked up and it picked up speed fast because it's the internet right Mm -hmm. so the internet took this idea of this figure of this character that would be haunting children stalking children to hurt them Mm -hmm. or bring them into the woods kind of lure them into the woods but it it would be this the description would be a male-type figure, abnormally tall, anywhere from 6 to 14 feet, crazy looking, has no face, and has two arms with, like, really long tentacle-like fingers on the end. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes it could just grow tentacles outside from its back to kind of help its reach and reach onto children and to grab onto buildings. I'll go into that. So I'm not trying to be vague, but what makes the case of Slenderman or the idea of Slenderman so unique is that because he's faceless, because there's no specific backstory to him, it mm-hmm. makes it so easily to manipulate and trans transcend through cultures through different languages through different geographical areas just because it's so easy for whoever the storyteller is to make it their own story yeah like if you're trying to scare children into don't go beyond this boundary because you know this is the playground this is where i can see you you can use slender man for whatever purpose you see exactly So, like I said, the idea of Slenderman started picking up more and more speed in the internet, and with it being on the internet and images being easy to manipulate, and again, the image of him being so nondescript where there's no face, so that you don't have to technically be good at either picturing a face, or you could just put a, you know, a sheet over your face and blank it out. It was easy to manipulate pictures. And make it seem like there were sightings or people were just, you know, it, it just grew on the internet. So some of the things that are commonly used in the stories of Slenderman are that he stalks for really long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes days, sometimes months, and sometimes years. And then that he could be a shapeshifter, that he can teleport, read minds. 
and he has these sprouting tentacles from the back of from his back. There's no actual confirmed history, but there is, although this, from what we know on paper history, there is that it grew on the internet, there was some early sightings in Germany in the early 1600s. This Slender Man figure took the figure of a knight or a noble figure, and it was used as a cautionary tale for children. So like I said, kind of like don't go into the woods or listen to your parents because he's watching you type of thing. It's the modern day boogeyman. Yeah. That's what it is. Right. That it's makes this sense. fictional character. It's like the thing under your bed that you, you try and scare your kids. So you yeah. like, go to bed or the, why is the thing under the bed's going to get you? But there's supposedly some photos from the early 1900s that might have captured this potential figure thing in the U.S. and the U.K. and Russia. And it's usually connected to reports of missing children in mm. the area. In the mid-1900s, there was a couple run-ins in Germany in some war zones. All detail a Slenderman-like type figure. And in the U.S. and Canada, a lot of missing skiers and children were reported and they were all into forested areas or unoccupied areas. And again, these were all from the mid-1900s. Anyone who, of those skiers and those potential children that were missing mm -hmm. or survived or resurfaced, all the survivors, all the children apparently said that this slender man-like figure lured them into the forest by trying to gain their trust and like being super nice to them and just like calling them into the woods. Now, as far as the adults, they all had in common that they had an early childhood tragedy. Mm -hmm. But usually that tragedy was also caused by a Slender Man figure. Interesting. So it's weird how it's like, and that also feeds into... It's generational. It, well, he's, remember they said that he can stalk you up for years. So it's this thing where they're like, I know now that I've been stalked by, for years by yeah. the Slender Man figure. Anyone who survived always had the Slender Sickness. <laughs> Sorry, I thought this was funny because I had not heard of this, which included like paranoia, nausea, nosebleeds and nightmares so these are all things that that's, they all had in common i'm like bullshit. that's those like, are all boogeyman traits no, but like if you get a slender sickness like can i at least drop five pounds for it like can it <laughs> can i get slender yeah, like, like can that be part of it <laughs> kind of seems like a waste to not like brand um, that correctly <laughs> so all the earlier sightings pre-internet era they were all detailed as messy cases because apparently whoever this, when they people were actually found dead, they would be impaled onto tree branches and it would be messy cases. Oh, like actually physically Actually messy. physically dead, okay. right. And then also some mess, some cases were so messy that some people link entire buildings being burnt down to a Slender Man. Mm -hmm. when there is like another murder that happened inside a building and it was so messy that he would have to destroy the whole building it's so weird there's a lot here yeah there's a lot as far as the slender man thing goes the gist of it is it's a modern day boogeyman that 
stands usually at the edge of a forest or heavily wooded area to lure children in. It's very well documented that before this case, it was something that would normally be told that harmed children or lured them in to harm them. Right. And after this case, a lot of people came to the defense of Slenderman. So they started depicting him as something that would defend children and would only hurt the children that are bullying the children. No, 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 so, no, no. You don't get a change like that. And apparently you summon him by talking about him. So here I am. Um, <laughs> no. It's like Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Yeah. Beetlejuice. You're doing um, <laughs> Bloody Mary. That's what I'm thinking. Oh my about. God. Yeah. yeah. It's totally like Bloody Mary. Um, okay. The case of the Slenderman stabbings. This is when parents, uh, you know, across the world and across the U.S. for sure, started being a little more vigilant about what their kids or younger kids were doing on the internet and didn't even realize that their kids had knowledge of who the Slenderman figure was until the stabbing happened. Yeah. In early May of 2014, we have Anissa Morgan Peyton that was also called Bella by Anissa and Morgan. I think there was another Peyton in the class, or at least that, you know, they just wanted to give her a different nickname. The day of May 30th had all spent the night, or were all going to be spending the night at Morgan's house to be celebrating her 12th birthday. It had happened about two weeks before, but this was just the weekend that they could all spend the night, etc., etc. So they were all over at Morgan's house. That day of, they went to Skate World, or skate park. They went skating for the day to celebrate her birthday. And they had a sleepover. I guess they were really tired from skating, so they all went to sleep. They woke up in the morning, and they had breakfast like normal. I think mom had donuts ready for them and whatnot. And then they asked Morgan's mom, hey mom, can we go to the park? She said, not a big deal, of course, go ahead, like you guys are all together. And they went to the park. And they were in the park. They were playing in the jungle gym area like kids do. And then they just, like, one of them had to go to the bathroom. So all three of them went to the bathroom. And at this point, they, I don't think they had enough courage at this point to do anything. Um, but you mean then, much, enough nerve. Right, right. Nerve, not courage. They weren't brave enough. No. <laughs> And then they decided, so after going to the bathroom, they decided they were going to go outside into the woods and play hide and seek. And according to Anissa, she says that she told Peyton that she should go run and like hide herself under leaves. Kind of like a, I'm trying to help you type of thing. But really she wasn't. I'll get to that. But so the girls went outside they were trying to build up enough nerve to do what they were going to do. Yeah. Morgan had a kitchen knife from her house that she had grabbed on her way out. I guess she was nervous, and she had asked Anissa to give her the go, to tell her when to do it. And then at some point, as they were walking along, Anissa said, go, do it now, do it now. And Morgan proceeded to bring Peyton down to the ground and stabbed her 19 times. Wow, that's just, oh my gosh. 19 times. So, There's a lot of them were like on her arm and some on her leg. Mm-hmm. A lot were, there was a couple in her body. 
And there was one that missed her heart wall by like one millimeter. Yeah. So the girls obviously seeing Anissa and Morgan seeing that Peyton was on the ground bleeding. They told her to stay there that they were going to go for help. Mm-hmm. So the girls grabbed their backpacks, started walking out of the park, and of course these little bitches, <laughs> what do you call 12-year-olds that they just stab someone? Uh, of course these little girls were not, did not have a single iota of intention to go get any type of help for this girl. Right, no, right? of course not. No. So they just started walking. Their intention was to walk to a forest, the Nicolette Forest, that's 200 miles away from them. Oh, they were going to walk there? So they thought they were going to walk there. Okay. Because they were trying to get to the Slender Mansion. Because in their own heads, they thought they'd just sacrifice Peyton for Slender Man so that they can become his proxies. So they start walking. Tells you how young they are when they have no concept of how far 200 miles is. Right. What happened to Peyton? Peyton has been stabbed 19 times. She, I don't know how, crawls, I'm sure rolls. I don't know how she does it, but she walks out from the forested area into a bike path. And she finds a biker that's coming by and has him call 911. Can you imagine... No, finding a 12-year-old that had been stabbed that 12 many 12-year-old coming out of the woods bloody. That's my nightmare. Asking you to call 911. Like, you don't know if someone's chasing her. You don't know what the hell just happened. Yeah. But of course, you're going to try and help her. But Jesus Christ, you're going to be scared out of your mind. Yeah. I know I would be. No, because I'd be thinking some, like, big, huge man had just attacked her. Exactly. Not a little... little Not another 12-year-old. Little gra- gang of... <laughs> little girl gang. Minions. Like, what, what, <laughs> So this and the 911 call from this biker is, you know, documented. It's on almost everything that you hear about this case. And he is so calm. He's like, I just found a girl and she's bleeding. And it's so odd because this guy, he's probably like in shock of like, what am I actually witnessing here? Yeah. But thank God he found her when... He did. Yeah. So he called 911 and she was having trouble breathing. And she was, I mean, of course, she's been losing a lot of blood and she's only 12 years old. They probably got her in a lung or something. So they put her, they take her straight to the hospital. Actually, before they put her onto the ambulance and take her to the hospital, she had enough of her mind to say, it was Morgan that stabbed me. Oh, good. So she actually did, so like, she manage knew, to... Yeah. So she knew who had stabbed her, of course. Um, she said she doesn't remember much of the stabbing because she went into shock. Yeah. She did survive. Thank goodness. They took her into ICU. They had several surgeries on her. Before they even took her into surgery, though, her mom showed up to the hospital fast enough that she was able to see her and, like, speak with her. And she's like, sweetheart, I love you, etc. Go. They're going to take you into surgery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because at this point... That's a miracle that her the, mom was able to get there oh that my fast. God. Well, it's a small town. And even now there's videos of Peyton as a survivor. Some of her words are like, well, it's Waukesha, Wisconsin. Like, you don't think anything like that's going to happen in a town like right. Waukesha? Like, it's a really small town. So, mind you, again, another scary phone call or situation. Her mom is thinking that her kid is at another kid's place having a sleepover and they're just there for the morning still. So, 
this manhunt starts. Right. For, for a two man. 12 years old. Yeah, <laughs> right? Well, they know that it's Morgan at this point. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So helicopters, and again, they had to bring these from other cities because the town is so small that they don't have these types of resources. Can you imagine that briefing in the police station? They're like, all right. Today, we are looking for two 12-year-old girls. 12-year-old. <laughs> right. They just, like, slap a picture of a 12-year-old. I'm like, no. Five foot two and 90 Probably, pounds, yeah. Maybe less. And probably armed and dangerous. Like, that is crazy. They start this search for them. And I think the girls at one point, because they had no idea what 200 miles is actually like. Right. Um, before they got caught, they had actually stopped at a furniture store just to like check out some recliners and take a take a breather. But when they actually found them, they were walking down alongside of a highway towards the direction of Nicolette Park, uh, the state park, etc. But they had not made too much progress, even though it had been five hours since the stopping that they started. Two hundred miles, right? So they picked them up, and in Wisconsin. Uh, if you're a minor and you're being charged as an adult, you don't have to have the parents in the room to do oh, interviewing. They read them rights. And both of the girls, just like you said in your last case, and this is why I kept thinking about the parallels, cool, calm, collected. No crying, no like, oh my God, am I in trouble? The interviewer was telling her telling the first girl like Anissa telling her like hey your parents know that you're here with me and she's like oh are they mad and she's like no they're glad you're safe yeah you know and they know that you're here with me we're gonna ask you some questions and all these things and the girls just go into telling them exactly what they did there is very just matter of fact so, do you know about Peyton? Yeah. Is she dead? The interviewer's like, oh, well, she's at the hospital. Kind of like, oh, there's, you know, there's hope that she might be alive. And Morgan goes, like, double takes. She's like, wait, what? Oh, I was just wondering. It is so weird to see these girls, just matter of fact, saying, like, because he's like, what did you do to Peyton or to Bella? And Morgan goes, well, you know, just went stab, stab, stabby, stab, stab. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. And their stories line up 100%. Yeah. There's no deviating from what one said and what the other said. Anissa's like, yeah, I found the right time and I told her to go and to do it. And then the other one's like, yep, I did it. Stabby, stab, stab. And like, they are so matter of fact about it. And they're like, well, why did you do it? Well, like, there was this man that we're trying to like, because if we didn't do it, he was going to hurt our families. That was their belief, that if they didn't do it, what they did to Bella, that Slenderman would come after their families. It's like they don't have any concept of reality. I really don't think they really thought no. they did anything wrong. So, and they thought they were really just walking to the forest to be with him mm-hmm. and to just live out the rest of their lives as his proxies to like live with Slenderman and like make him happy and that they were doing this to make him happy. They did a psych evaluation on both. Yeah. Obviously I think it's totally warranted in this case because they're like, we know we're both struck that they're just like so calm and collected. Anissa, although she was the, I think the first one to like find Slenderman and like tell Morgan about it. 
um, she was the one that, like, believed it more yeah. kind of thing. But then Morgan just took it and ran with it harder. Morgan's family, Morgan's dad, had been diagnosed schizophrenic. Yeah. He's an adult, obviously. To have someone so young at 12, because after, well, this was happening, while they did the evaluation, they diagnosed her schizophrenic. Oh, wow. And it runs in family. And the fact is, and her mom was saying in the documentaries, kind of weird things. They put this whole scene up, like the Bambi scene, like the mother dying scene. Yeah. And then she said how she thought it was weird that, like, in retrospect, her, you know, Morgan was not, did not have any emotions. She just said, Bambi, go save yourself. Like, it's, that's what she, that was her response to the Bambi scene. Did you react to the Bambi scene? I don't remember seeing it. I don't, I did not react to that. I don't remember that seeing it. That doesn't seem odd to me. And that's the thing that the documentary tries to paint a picture that, like, people who like dark things, morbid things, are yeah. inherently bad. And I'm like, that's not necessarily the truth. There's obviously some underlying conditions going on with this family and then with this kid. But her, you know, the mom even said, like, I remember at her age, I was excited when I was I was running home from school with the Stephen King's It in my basket. And I was excited to read that, you know, this horror story. And, yeah, I think at that age, I was reading all kinds of things, like stories to tell in the dark. Right. That's a throwback. Or Goosebumps, for me, that was scary at the yeah. time. It's just all these things. Oh, that um, book those books drove me crazy. I, I don't even know how to explain it. You know, if you if you draw a pentagram on your notebook, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go kill people. It's kind of like the West, know... Me West Memphis Three, where right. they, like, nailed them because they wore black clothing. Exactly. And they were dark, whatever. Right. I, I didn't like that they did that. Because they they did show that Morgan in her room, and I mean, obviously there's some signs that maybe she could have gotten some help earlier, or maybe she could have used to talk to someone, but in her bedroom, once they, you know, searched her bedroom, they found, like, Barbie dolls that had been drawn all over and, like, taken apart, and I mean, who doesn't pop their heads off the Barbies? Yeah. Right? Um, but she had, like, scissored off hands and stuff. And she, she was doing more than just popping off the limbs and, like, putting, putting them back on. It looked kind of weird, I'll be honest. Actually, while her mom was told that they were looking for her before they even brought them into the station, she'd found, I believe, a phone. It was either a phone or an iPad. I'm not 100% sure. Where she, Morgan, had left almost, like, a goodbye note knowing that she was going to be doing this because yeah. the only thing apart from them not deviating from their stories they were 100 percent like on the nose with the, each other that they actually planned on doing this the night of the sleepover like before they went to bed mm -hmm. but they were just so tired from skating that day that they postponed it till the next day so they'd been planning this for, for months yeah. no no they actually said that they'd been talking about it for months before but this opportunity of the sleepover was, like, going to be the perfect opportunity to do it in. It's disgusting. Yeah. Morgan's note on her phone or on the iPad, whatever, said, This is my final wish to those who care. Do not grieve my absence, but remember me for who I was. I love and cherish you all and wouldn't do you harm. This is a 12-year-old. That's a lot of thinking for a 12-year-old. Yeah. Isn't that weird? And I was listening to another podcast that was talking about just the psychology behind, like, these two girls doing this thing together and, like, how they supported each other. Um, there's definitely an alpha and a beta in this situation. Yeah, with, for sure. you know, Morgan being the beta, but 
or the alpha, I'm sorry, with Morgan being the alpha and like Anissa just following along, just like the fact that she believed enough for Morgan to keep going with it, it fed Morgan into believing into this theory. Yeah. Morgan had a lot of pictures of Slenderman around her, um, in her bedroom and whatnot. And there was also a note, like, I, I, I like to kill. And it was just weird. As opposed to Anissa's family home life, her dad was very no-nonsense, no-bullshit kind of dad. Like, your doors are open all the time unless you're just getting out of the shower. Like, we know what's happening in your bedroom. Yeah. And you're not on your iPad or on your computer unless it's work or your school stuff. Like, he thought he had a handle on everything. And they didn't diagnose Anissa with anything leading up to the trial. So they saw them both fit to trial. They charged them both as adults for this. The charges were attempted first degree and endangerment uh, attempted second degree homicide for okay. both of them um, as adults yeah as adults okay which is weird because they're 12 year olds but it is what it is you do adult crimes you're gonna get adult time yep they both accepted plea deals with anisa she received 25 years in a psychiatric institution they did not receive jail time this was part of their plea deal they would plead guilty but they would go into a psych Psychiatric institution. Okay. And then Morgan received 40 years to life, also in a psychiatric institution. Okay. To hear to life or life in an institution type situation, it's just, it's weird. It's odd because you don't normally hear that. But because they do have to do, you know, evaluations every so often, etc. Yeah, I just, you don't very often hear of the, the insanity thing, like, working. Right. But for this case, in this case, it did because they the videos out there, the the full interrogation is out there. The girls are so matter of fact. I mean, they they had blood on their clothes still when they showed up to the precinct, when they were pulled off the street. Like they didn't even have the forethought to do that. They literally thought they were going to make it to the forest. And then, you know, I wonder what would have happened if they even ever got to the forest. Like, let's say they hitchhiked. OK. Yeah. Which would have been terrible anyway. But. What happens when you go to the forest? Are you just going to keep walking and walking and walking till you get nowhere? Because there's no mansion. Right. So I don't know. I don't know what their plan was. They really were into this theory so much that they thought they were really going to go yeah, out to the mansion. Yeah, they really the thought they were going to find somebody so there. So that really... I mean, it does show their level their of case. immaturity. Right. Yeah. Their lack of grasp on reality. So that's the case of them. They got, you know, the 25 and, and 40 years. But... What made me start looking into this case again mm-hmm. was that on July 1st, Anissa was released after an evaluation. Oh. Yeah. Just this year? Just this year. Just oh. like 18 days ago. Or, sorry, 12 days ago. Yeah, Anissa was released after an evaluation because even when she was in, in the psychiatric ward or in the institution, she showed that she was well aware of like social interactions and mm-hmm. she's like you know she did get into a little bit of trouble here and there but it was for little stuff like saying cuss words which you can't do there and all these things yeah and she said it's because people think i'm a bitch or they're calling me a dumb bitch and all these things or i'm defending bitch. myself right but it was just like she was socially aware of what was going on around her as opposed to like morgan while she was awaiting trial while she was in this uh you know detention center she would sit in the corner and play with ants 
and like yeah. think of them as her pets and like feed them. Oh god! And when she got her food, she cornered herself with and she ate with her back to the door, like crouched down. It was just odd behavior. Yeah. Um, that she would do while she was in this detention center. So it, you know, I'm glad. I'm hoping that she's getting the help that she needs. But yeah, what brought this case back up was that I saw on the news headlines that Anissa has been released as of 12 days ago. That's crazy. Yeah. So she was in there a total, if this happened in 2014, I think the trial was 15. So she was in there a total of five, maybe six years, depending on when she, exactly she went in. Yeah. But after evaluations, she is out now and... And the other one's just going to sit and the, in there. And the other one's going to... Because Anissa didn't do any of the stabbing. She just gave the command word. She just gave the word. And Morgan is the one who actually stabbed, but, you know, did the attempted murder. So because this is the only case that, like, comes up when you're really doing Slenderman stabbing research, I wanted yeah. to bring to, like, just a couple other cases that involve Slenderman so this case happened May 31st, right? But in June of 2014, so the same year, so after, yeah. so after this case, a 13-year-old in Cincinnati, Ohio, attacked her mom with a knife and had written macabre fiction that included Slenderman. So that one's a little bit of a stretch yeah. because she didn't say, I did this because of Slenderman or I'm trying to please him. But there was but just she'd mention, right, okay. she'd written about him and killing and then on September 4th of 2014, a 14-year-old in Port Ritchie, Florida, set her house on fire while her mom and her 9-year-old brother were still inside the house. The police found that she had been reading some Slenderman material and called him the soul eater and she wanted Slenderman to eat their souls. Cool. Okay. Yeah. That's dark. <sighs> so, and then this one, like brought it home to me yeah. i was talking to brie last night about this in 2015 there was an epidemic of suicide attempts by young people between the ages of 12 to 24 on the pine ridge reservation in south dakota that's where her tyson and i went for our uh, mission trip super small town we met all the like the elder people we went to church with them for an entire week to think that such a small community was ravished by this is crazy. So, of was all the people... All, were they all young indigenous people? Yes. Oh, wow. So, they all were... They all cited Slenderman as an influence in their attempts. That's nuts. And that traditionally, the Lakota and the Sioux Reservation, uh, they believe in a suicide spirit that's similar to Slenderman... And they commonly refer to him as big man. He is a messenger that there's something harming society and that something's developing in a dangerous direction, it says. But it was so nuts to me that I'm like, I've been to that very small town that has yeah. a very small population. And to think that enough happened to where there, you know, there's an epidemic of attempted yeah. suicides. All related um, to the same thing. Blew my mind. That's weird. So it's like, Brie, we've been there. We've been there. We know those people. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. It's so nuts. That's unsettling. So, yeah, just some other cases that have been attributed or for, you know, some reason, some way, somehow, they've been influenced by Slender Man. So, um, a lot of YouTube out there, you know, there's people that 
do it for content. They will yeah. make stuff up for right, content, right, right. you know? I would tend to believe more like word of mouth stories just because those, yeah. you know, can be, have more rings of truth, but. I watch some of those YouTube things sometimes and like they. They're so tchotchke that you're just oh like, God, I yeah. can't. Some of the reactions and like the stuff yeah. that they like chalk things up to. I'm like, can you just stop? Can you not? Can you stop making something out of yeah. nothing? Because essentially the, the Slender Man has this. Pied Piper-esque feel to it. Like, it'll lure you with him. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, the children type thing. So, it's so easily manipulated into other stories. And again, it's just... I was telling Kara, because I asked her. I was like, hmm, I'm going to play I'm gonna play investigator. And I asked her, I was like, what do you know about Slenderman? And she's like, well, he's this tall, ugly thing that kills kids. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. I mean, yes. But what else do you know? She's like, that's all I know. I was like, well, I mean, that's probably what a lot of people think. Yeah. You know? That's what I thought. Yeah. And, I mean, it is true, maybe, depending on who you, depending ask. On who you ask. So, that's depending the story of Slenderman. they are trying to serve. Exactly, which is whether scared children or... Which was the whole or... point of Slenderman to begin with, is right. that he served multiple purposes. And like, he, you could literally make him do what you And the idea of him and, like, off-brand ideas of him without using Slenderman, because it was the copyrighted. Off, the generic versions. Because <laughs> they're like, the tall, skinny man. Um, it was used in other things, and this is why it started gaining traction on the internet and just in pop culture in general, because it was used, like, an, the idea of him was used, like, in games like Minecraft, which is, like, worldwide, and yeah. kids of all ages play it because it's such an easy logistical game that there's like this tall black figure that you know will track you and haunt I you just don't understand where these girls though got the idea that they needed to sacrifice another girl i be, you know i think they got into their own why, heads. why you want to go live with him like i know it's so weird. That's weird. That that's is weird. weird. You're supposed to be afraid of him. Right. You don't want to go live with him. Right. That's a normal thing. So, oh man, I wish How I would have written they down. Now? So this happened 14. There were 12. So six, seven. So 18, maybe 17 or 18. That would make sense. Or 18 or 19. 18 because the one being released when she was an adult. Probably. Your only option then is to either be released or being transferred mm -hmm. over to an adult facility. Right. All right, so that's the case of Slenderman. If you guys have any fork, you know, folklore, folklore, fork. You're trying wow. to say fork, folk, folklore. There you go. Wow. If you have any urban legends, <laughs> things that creeped you out as a kid that give you the creepy crawlies that you want us to look into and see if your parents are right or wrong, or just send us your own story. Ooh, or send us your own story of the boogeyman under the bed or in the closet. I want to hear it. We Please. only need actually a couple more <laughs> listener stories before we can make a, like a whole episode out of it. So that would be awesome. If you feel so inclined, now is your time. Or tell us what you tell your kids. Yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious. How do you keep your kids straight and narrow? Right? How do you make them eat their vegetables? So as far as recommendations go, I would say go watch the HBO documentary. Yeah. Go listen to Morbid. They did a good case on it. Yep. It's in the month after January. <laughs> it's... Feb February. February. Don't be a weirdo about I it. I can't say it. <laughs> to leave the R or not it's, leave the it's R? It's in the month between January and March. <laughs> I don't know what number of episode it is, but they did a good job at it, too. Yeah. And then True Crime Obsessed did a good episode on it. And then I will find the other one that does just the psychology behind it and how these two girls, like, 
fed off of each other, which is really interesting to hear. So once I find the name of that episode, I will ask Kenzie to post it for me. So <laughs> there's that. All right. So we want to thank our uh, Patreon for this week. Um, it's almost like this episode sponsored by. <laughs> so this episode is sponsored by our Patreon. Alex, welcome to the Patreon family and joining the Diet Coke Fund. So thank you so much for joining us there. And if you haven't done so already, please check us out on Patreon, which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash Stranger Danger Podcast. And if you have a minute and you can leave us a, a review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. And all the socials, Instagram, TikTok. You know all of them. You know all the things. You've been here with us. We're family at this point. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Bye-bye. So, yeah, that's a crazy case. I thought it was... Um, man just like, they're just so young that's even crazier like it's already a crazy but thing I t- through the I'm agent. telling you Oof. I literally can think of exactly who at 12 years old of the people that like I went to school with would have done something just like this that's crazy yeah I know would have been like teacher and I, I know her <laughs> I know her <laughs> all right um Wisconsin's got their little seedy underbelly so they had what Dahmer? Wisconsin already had their seat. I know you guys had Dahmer. Like I mean, <laughs> you win. That's why I went to Wisconsin. Like literally, why I was like, let's go <laughs> uh, for that sticker alone right there. Totally worth it. My Florida fam used to live in Wisconsin, so I spent many a summer out there. Oh God, I would I wouldn't be able to be like I'm going on a road trip right now. I'm gonna gonna go see Dahmer's house again. Actually, Thank you. I had to kind of <laughs> live for Wisconsin a little bit. It led me to some spooky trails, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I tried to, like, not read them too late (laughs) because I can't read stories that late that are scary. (laughs) I'm literally still mad about it. Dree, I am so mad at you. (laughs) Dree sent Kenzie a story that apparently I don't know the details of, and you don't have to tell me right now, but um, was scary, and it was, like, late at night. One of the... I'm not kidding. It's one of the worst true crime stories I've ever read in my entire life. Oh, God. Ever read in my entire life. And just kept you up. And she freaking sends it to me at like 10 something at night. And she was like, Oh, that's decent. Down a rabbit hole. Bitch! It was was like 10 40 at night. I'm trying to freaking, like, I'm about to go to sleep. And like in there, in the dark by myself, I look over at my worthless dog who cannot (laughs) defend me whatsoever because he's. 10, 15 pounds, and I'm like, great, I'm just gonna sit here and be paranoid and terrified all night long. I was so freaking mad. And then I went and got my eyebrows microbladed, like, a day or two later. And I'm freaking, I'm at, um... I'm at Amory's studio getting my eyebrows done, and her her baby daddy's there, Jesse, who's like he's basically like their shop manager or whatever, and he's like a true crime junkie. So he's like telling me like this horrible story, and I'm like, this is the worst story I've ever heard. So I'm telling him everything like this. <laughs> he's sitting literally with his hand in his, or his chin in his hands, looking at me, <laughs> eyes wide, and he's like, no, no, and just like horrified. And I'm like, I, and I'm reading this at night, like that's, oh, that's what I went funny. through, but at night. And he was like, I just, I don't understand. This is horrible. Oh my God. You have to tell us that story though. I don't think I can.
Oh, really? It's like, Give it to me. It's literally the worst. I I'll, can do gruesome. No, but, like, it's horrible. Like, I wouldn't want to subject other people to a type horrible. I mean... There is nothing... There's no way to look at it in a way that you learned something, that anything positive came out of it. There's like, no, like, bright light at the end of the tunnel. There's nothing. Well, I mean, no toolbox? Worse. Oh, then can you shoot it my way, though? Yeah, but okay. don't cover it. All right. Wait, can I have some of this Diet Coke? Yes. Okay. How about it? Whew, let me take a drink, too, because I am... I'm, like, sweating. Uh-huh. I'm sweating because I'm mad at Dree. <laughs> this is so bad. This will all probably be added to the end, which is fine. We love things on the yeah. rear end. We're fine. The back that end. That sounds awful. The back end, if you will. <laughs>